0: section twenty nine of history of henry the fourth king of france and navarre by john Stevens cabot abbot this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela Nagami. chapter eleven the conversion of the king part one this bloody war of the succession had now desolated france for four years the duke of sully one of the most conspicuous of the political calvinists was at last induced to give his influence to lead the king to accept the catholic faith sully had been henry's companion from childhood though not a man of deep religious convictions he was one of the most illustrious of men in ability courage and integrity conversing with henry upon the distracted affairs of state he said one day that you should wait for me, being a Protestant, to counsel you to go to Mass is a thing you should not do, although I will boldly declare to you that it is the prompt and easy way of destroying all malign projects. You will thus meet no more enemies, sorrows, or difficulties in this world. As to the other world, he continued, smiling, I cannot answer for that. The king continued in great perplexity, he felt that it was degrading to change his religion upon apparent compulsion or for the accomplishment of any selfish purpose. He knew that he must expose himself to the charge of apostasy and of hypocrisy in affirming a change of belief, even to accomplish so meritorious a purpose as to rescue a whole nation from misery. These embarrassments to a vacillating mind were terrible. Early one morning before rising he sent for Sully, the duke found the king sitting in his bed scratching his head in great perplexity the political considerations in favour of the change urged by the duke could not satisfy fully the mind of the king he had still some conscientious scruples imbibed from the teachings of a pious and sainted mother the illustrious warrior financier and diplomatist now essayed the availability of theological considerations and urged the following argument of jesuitical shrewdness i hold it certain argued the duke that whatever be the exterior form of the religion which men profess if they live in the observation of the decalogue believe in the creed of the apostles love god with all their heart have charity toward their neighbour hope in the mercy of god and to obtain salvation by the death merits and justice of jesus christ they cannot fail to be saved henry caught eagerly at this plausible argument the catholics say that no protestant can be saved but the protestants admit that a catholic may be if in heart honest just and true the sophistry of the plea in behalf of an insincere renunciation of faith is too palpable to influence any mind but one eager to be convinced the king was counselled to obey the decalogue which forbids false witness while at the same time he was to be guilty of an act of fraud and hypocrisy but henry had another counsellor philip of mornay lord of plessis had imbibed from his mother's lips a knowledge of the religion of jesus christ his soul was endowed by nature with the most noble lineaments and he was if man can judge a devoted and exalted christian there was no one in those stormy times more illustrious as a warrior statesman theologian and orator we cannot says a french writer indicate a species of merit in which he did not excel except that he did not advance his own fortune when but twelve years of age a priest exhorted him to beware of the opinions of the protestants i am resolved philip replied firmly to remain steadfast in what i have learned of the service of god when i doubt any point i will diligently examine the gospels and the acts of the apostles his uncle the archbishop of reims advised him to read the fathers of the church and promised him the revenues of a rich abbey and the prospect of still higher advancement if he would adhere to the Catholic religion. Philip read the fathers and declined the bribe, saying, I must trust to God for what I need. Almost by a miracle he had escaped the massacre of St. Bartholomew and fled to England. The Duke of Anjou, who had become King of Poland, wishing to conciliate the Protestants, wrote to Mornay in his poverty and exile, proposing to him a place in his ministry. The noble man replied, I will never enter the service of those who have shed the blood of my brethren. He soon joined the feeble court of the King of Navarre, and adhered conscientiously through all vicissitudes to the Protestant cause. Henry the Fourth was abundantly capable of appreciating such a character, and he revered and loved Mornay. His services were invaluable to Henry, for he seemed to be equally skillful in nearly all departments of knowledge and of business he could with equal facility guide an army construct a fortress and write a theological treatise many of the most important state papers of henry the fourth he hurriedly wrote upon the field of battle or beneath his wind-shaken tent henry the third on one occasion had said to him how can a man of your intelligence and ability be a protestant have you never read the catholic fathers not only have i read the catholic fathers mornay replied but i have read them with eagerness for i am flesh and blood like other men and i was not born without ambition i should have been very glad to find something to flatter my conscience that i might participate in the favours and honours you distribute and from which my religion excludes me but above all i find something which fortifies my faith and the world must yield to conscience The firm Christian principles of Philip of Mornay were now almost the only barrier which stood in the way of the conversion of Henry. The Catholic lords offered Mornay twenty thousand crowns of gold, if he would no more awaken the scruples of the king. Nobly he replied, The conscience of my master is not for sale, neither is mine. Great efforts were then made to alienate Henry from his faithful minister mornay by chance one day entered the cabinet of the king where his enemies were busy in their cabals, in the boldness of an integrity which never gave him cause to blush he thus addressed them in the presence of the sovereign it is hard gentlemen to prevent the king my master from speaking to his faithful servant the proposals which i offer the king are such that i can pronounce them distinctly before you all i propose to him to serve god with a good conscience to keep him in view in every action, to quiet the schism which is in his state by a holy reformation of the Church, and to be an example for all Christendom during all time to come. Are these things to be spoken in a corner? Do you wish me to counsel him to go to Mass? With what conscience shall I advise him if I do not first go myself? And what is religion if it can be laid aside like a shirt? The Catholic nobles felt the power of his moral courage and integrity, and one of them, Marshal Doman, yielding to a generous impulse, exclaimed, You are better than we are, Monsieur Mornay, and if I said two days ago that it would be necessary to give you a pistol shot in the head, I say to-day entirely the contrary, and that you should have a statue. End of Section 29